Hey everybody, welcome to our time of fill in the blank. Mark here. And Jessica. And we're so excited to be with you. This is a standalone series where it's not the Menlo Midweek, it's not the Menlo Sermons Podcast, but this is our time to get to know our new senior pastor, Phil Eubank, a little bit better. Yeah, we are so excited that he's here with us. And you might be thinking, didn't we already have some videos like that that came out last year? And the answer is yes, we did. You can go to menlo.church slash senior pastor to check those videos out. This is a different opportunity where we want to hear from you, what you want to know from Phil, and we're going to ask different types of questions, maybe some deep theological ones, maybe some lighthearted, what's your Phil's coffee order? Exactly. And so this is a collaborative effort. Treat this time as your time with Phil as well. We'd love to pass your questions on to him so you could send those in to us either in social media or our text number or email and we'd love to pass those on to you we're super excited about this opportunity with phil we hope that you are too and now let's have phil on for phil in the blank welcome to phil in the U blank <laughs> you were so excited to say that <laughs> so excited oh that was an on purpose thing Got i it. don't okay. know why we didn't say that earlier oh my gosh that was incredible. Mark here. <laughs> no, they knew. They, that was, I don't think that was a reveal. As you can tell by my, my reaction, Mark did not tell me he was going to do that. That was incredible. Not, yeah. And I'm Jessica. And we have Phil Eubank, Yay. our new senior pastor yeah, here at Menlo oh, Dot man. Church. Well, good morning, everybody. Tuesday morning. <laughs> We're recording Tuesday morning. Recording Tuesday Come morning. Friday morning. Happy Friday for Happy those Friday. that are listening with us on Friday. Phil, how you doing? Doing well. Yeah, doing it's been well. a good day. This is... Uh, Turns out when it's not raining all the time, ooh, pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I had an early appointment. I'm caffeinated, ready to go, feeling good. It's a good day. Yes. And you blessed me and Lauren, our other awesome staff central person, mm-hmm. with some amazing coffee yesterday. Mm, yeah. Just want to say thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, cool. And have you found any coffee that is on par with that since uh, the last time we I spoke? I think that the pour over... Uh, the pour over Colombian at St. Frank's mm. is mm. Okay. like a top 1% coffee. Like it's absolutely Ooh. incredible. It is incredible. Okay. So, uh, if you have not been to St. Frank's and you're in the Menlo Park area, you should go. Uh, it's very good. Uh, I, but I'm, I'm learning coffee culture. I like coffee, but I'm learning coffee culture in the Bay area. And, uh, I don't do a lot of sit down breakfasts, but I've had like a bunch of coffees. Uh. And so today was my first time at coffee bar, which I understand okay. is a very common place around here. Mm-hmm. It is a fun vibe, you know, yeah. it was vibe. like if Starbucks updated its vibe, it feels like yeah. it would look just like coffee bar. Mm. That, it feels like a current Starbucks in yeah. my opinion. Sure. Um, but coffee was good and great conversation. So yeah, yeah. I think. How would you say coffee culture here differs from other places Ooh. you've experienced? So this is, this is a, this could become a deep rabbit hole. I think every region, if you think about it, like wine, coffee works the same way. So Mm. every region I think puts their own spin on coffee. So, uh, I love Seattle coffee. It's, uh, I, I really started kind of falling in love with coffee in, in undergrad in Chicago. Uh, Chicago is going to be every stereotype you have in your head about kind of like city coffee and like just. (laughs) How do we get it into our veins as fast as possible? Dark roast, that's kind of their thing. Um, Seattle is much more kind of medium roast. It has a wider palette of flavors. 
Um, and I love it. It's my favorite kind of coffee regionally. They're pulling obviously beans from all around the world, but the things that they do to specifically mm. roast it. So the coffee that I shared yesterday was from my favorite shop in Seattle, uh, called Storyville. It's right above Pike's Place Market. Uh, really, I mean, just absolutely fantastic. Um, and then Denver was, uh, more floral, which I absolutely mm. hated. Uh, so it was a combination of, <clears throat> like coffee and tea. Oh, uh, it was much, much lighter. Uh, and there are people that that was just their thing. So there's a, a, a roaster in Denver that's very popular called Sweet Bloom that kind of pioneered it. Mm. And then lots of shops and roasters uh, kind of copied them. So you can get good coffee there, but if, you, if I would walk in and people would go, hey, you know, do you want our insert flowery name coffee? I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I walk by your garden, I don't want to drink it. Um, and then it feels so far uh, like kind of a little bit lighter roast from Seattle, uh, but definitely more kind of middle of the fairway coffee is what I've had so far since I've been here. So uh, I know SoCal is different than that, but mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, just, just learn it. It's fun. You should go on a tour with a resident coffee man, this mm-hmm. Keith Riley. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. There's a new one coming in called Andy Town. I think we talked about this last week. It's my Supposedly, wife favorite coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, I think in the city. Adam Hendricks on staff. It's his favorite mm-hmm. up yeah. in the city, yeah. coming right down oh, here in Menlo Park. So well, they, they call. Uh, we should come up with the term. So for wine, they call it a sauvignon, right? Mm-hmm. We could come up with a merge of that word, coffee, and Menlo Church, and make a podcast that was like. <laughs> us touring local coffee shops Ooh. with Keith Love and that. then just Keith and I are as pretentious as possible while we drink coffee. Ooh. You know, Ooh. I'm give so like for that. flavor notes yeah. like you do with wine. Like, yeah. oh, this tastes like it was insert pretentious line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just watched the menu last night. Oh, you watch that. And it's no. like a satirical take on yes. fine dining. Kind of scary. Like, yeah. It's like a thriller, it's like right? A thriller horror yeah. kind of thing, but it's set around a, fine dining super exclusive experience mm-hmm. of course pretty fun so nice. they right. they went off with their tasting notes as well in that nice. movie <laughs> uh which leads us to our first question sure here, sure yeah yeah <laughs> this, this comes from josh robertson so you probably got a lot of coffee and food recommendations a lot of mm-hmm. recommendations of place to visit which recommendation have you got so far that you would say is overrated Ooh. yeah i i don't know um I don't know that I have done enough recommendations mm. to be able to give a good answer. I bet Alyssa would have a really good, cause they, they're doing things a lot and mm. I'm working a lot. So, <laughs> uh, like my recommendations are this part of the campus has this and this part, like that's sort of where I am a little bit. Uh, I think that, uh, I asked for burger recommendations mm. last oh, week, yeah, was yeah. Last, last week on teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and several of them were places I had had burgers from, because mm. um, that's we got little kids. It's a normal thing for yeah. us. Yeah, sure. And we've been here for like a month now, and um, several of them I just wasn't super impressed by. Right. And I'm still getting used to the fact that even though things say U.S. dollars, that they really mean California dollars. Mm. Which yeah, like a burger <laughs> a in Colorado is. 10 12 dollars a burger here is like a million yeah um and so i'm still getting used to that and i'm sure that's filtering yeah. in um so i went i ended up what well, it was a funny name eureka is that eureka yeah. burger so i went to I yeah, yeah yeah it was awesome yep. we went there and it nice. was absolutely fantastic um but 
there were a couple on that list. I don't remember them this second, and I wouldn't throw shade at them on a podcast anyway. Uh, but I had I'd been to a couple others, and I was like, I wouldn't recommend these locations. So mm-hmm. Jeffrey's though, Menlo Park, yeah, that's a great one. Went there with a buddy when he was here with me, uh, and Eureka. I could co-sign on both okay. those. My so. favorite at Eureka, and this is California bougie yeah. burger, yeah. is the Fresno Fig okay. one. Oh, it's got yeah. this, it's got goat cheese on it wow. and uh-huh. arugula and like a fig marmalade. Uh-huh. Sounds no. so Sounds pretentious. Yeah. It is incredible. That's I will good. get that every time I go there. Nice. That and their uh, mac and cheese balls. They're like fried mac and yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah. Alyssa got those. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it'd be a million and one dollars. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you get the check and I'm like, I think we got the wrong bill. Like, yeah, look at it and you're like, <laughs> honestly, no, no, this is ours. Got no. it. Never mind. Yep. This could be semi-controversial. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. What are your thoughts on In-N-Out? Ooh. Some people love it. Some people don't. Uh, in- so here would be my perfect combination. Okay. If I could take an In-N-Out burger and better fries, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Uh, but I feel like th- we just talked about how expensive things are. In-N-Out in other parts of the country, you're like, oh, this is really affordable. Mm-hmm. This is cool. Here, it feels weird how cheap it is. Like, oh yeah, you're mm-hmm. in there. Like, you guys should charge more. Like, <laughs> are you? Is this business working? Because right. you are charging a third of what other places are charging right now. So, well, and they're uh, not doing any like online ordering, right? Right. Delivery. You can't yeah. even get that there. Right. So they're literally you have to go to the store, mm-hmm. pay a small amount, and somehow they're doing really well. They're crushing it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, in and out Burgers, and, and there are times I have gone, because there was in and out actually in Colorado. They had opened them up, up there. Um, and then when I lived in Seattle and we would have trips in California, I would have it. Yeah. And I, there were times I just like didn't even get fries. Be like, I'm just going to get yeah. a burger and that'll be fine. So, but. in and out Burger and Shake Shack fries. Ooh, Shake Shack That's fries are fantastic. Speaking of expensive places. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my favorite sort of fast food fry is probably Wingstop. Oh, yeah, oh, with that yeah. seasoning. Yeah, 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 that seasoning. They're like almost a little sweet. It's like a sugar almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, Wingstop fries, yeah. In-N-Out Burger, let's go. Mm. If the fries are beer battered, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm you're, done. You're there I for could it. just eat Yeah, that. yeah. Okay. It, so Wingstop, let's make ourselves even okay. more hungry. Wingstop fries, In-N-Out Burger, Shake Shack Shake. There you go. I had their peppermint one at Christmas, yeah, yeah. which is my favorite. <sighs> oh, yeah. Good Have you had In-N-Out Shakes? Yeah, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, they're not bad. No. Just, you know. I mean, it's literally called Shake Shack, so yeah. you have yeah, to yeah, of course. get a shake there. Of course. All right, it pivoting here. nothing like a shack, but. Um, Denise wants to know, what is your favorite sport and what team do you root for? Uh, favorite sport's probably the NFL, uh, followed by NBA playoffs, and I say that <laughs> that way on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and my favorite team is Cleveland Browns. I grew up outside of Cleveland, and mm. so uh, they. It, it's like a generational curse kind of when you're in that area. <laughs> they actually didn't exist as a team. Some people don't know this if they're not from the area, but growing up, they moved to Baltimore and then they won a Super Bowl. Uh, oh. And then we were an expansion team. So while I was a kid, we didn't have a team for a minute and then we got one mm. and they've been awful. So Interesting. it's pretty great. And then we make terrible organizational decisions. But <laughs> when you're a fan, you're a fan through thick and thin. Through I appreciate that and downs. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's me and the Cleveland Browns. So. Okay. Are you the kind of fan that says we when we when we win and we lose, or are you like a when we win and they lose kind of a fan? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm probably more we win, we lose. Mm, okay. Um, I think there are probably dark nights of the soul 
candidly, like when they signed Deshaun Watson, they they comes they out right there. Like, yeah. what were they thinking? <laughs> this is like, there's there's bad decisions, and then there's like I'm embarrassed. Oh my gosh! Mm. So when uh, Miles Garrett swung his helmet, swung Miles Rudolph's helmet at him while he wasn't wearing a helmet, I was embarrassed. <gasps> mm-hmm. And signing Deshaun Watson, I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Those are the two times as a Browns fan I've been embarrassed. And if you know the team, like we've had seasons, we had a season where we didn't win a single game. Mm. Those two events were more God. embarrassing than that. So, yeah. I used to be a preschool teacher, and this I always noticed that when a parent, like a kid, did something bad, yeah, yeah, like the, the mom is like, "That's his father did that," or you yeah. know that kind of stuff, where it's like pointing the blame on somebody sure. else. Yeah. That's great. And blame shifting, <laughs> super healthy, normal. <laughs> yep. Are you a fantasy football guy as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. my buddy Josh and I co-own a team in the most competitive league I've ever seen. Super fun. We actually just won the championship this year. Oh, congratulations. Would you so, feel comfortable sharing your team name? Uh, we were the, so Aurora was the town that I lived in. So we were the Aurora Aces. And really uh-huh. that, that came from five previous championships. So uh, <clears throat> okay. that's, the, that's the deal. Uh, and then uh, I have a buddy uh, that he and I own in the same kind of family of competitive leagues, a fantasy basketball team. Mm. And we're doing really well. Uh, and we are called the Lakers Palpable Fear. That's the name of our team. <laughs> uh, and we've we've come on real strong. So, yep. And Bede's been a great, great addition for us. That's awesome. Who won the Menlo Staff one? Do you know? I feel like they stopped posting about it. I know Sue won like oh, four gosh. years yeah. in a row, but wow. I don't know if if she five. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Scott Pombush. I think mm-hmm. he was in the final, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. They used to post pretty up upda- yeah, yeah. updates pretty often, but. Yeah. Did you ever play? In the- I did it the first year they did it, and oh. I had no idea what I was doing, mm. so I just let it like automatically draft things for me. Because yeah. mm. Matt I- Stefan is the like owner of it or whatever, and I he used to be my boss, and so he was like, "Oh, just do this." And I was like winning <laughs> for the thing. first like three weeks, yes. but I didn't know what I was doing. And everybody was so mad, and I was like, "I don't know what to tell you." And then I got like, I feel like that's what place. happens in March Madness almost every year. Is people are like, "I picked." Which animals would defeat yeah. each other? Like I picked my favorite color, my favorite uniform, right. obviously. And, and those people are always the people yep. that win. You're yep. like, cool. I, I, and honestly, I kind of respect it because there's enough busters in that. that yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that would be as a person that cares and invests some time <laughs> in fantasy sports to have someone that was just like the auto draft is beating mm-hmm. you. That would be discouraging. Yeah, that would be discouraging. So, you know, <laughs> I wish I liked sports more sure I, I think i talk about this a you lot. do say that a lot <laughs> and it doesn't change my opinion with how i sit with sports it's like That's i love funny. playing them i'll yeah. watch them if they're on but and i get so jealous of people that are like i have a team and mm-hmm. we root and like i know what players are coming and this and that i just i don't know well what's interesting i feel like doing ministry especially as an nfl fan is you have to you have to kind of keep it at arm's length, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I was in Seattle and I know the 10 a.m. start. I get it. I grew up on the East Coast or East, Eastern Standard Time and the game started at one. Mm-hmm. So you could go to church and you didn't miss any game time right. and it was really your whole day. And that's kind of how I grew up. And then if you have a team that is an Eastern Standard team like the Browns and you're on the West Coast, they have a lot of 10 a.m. games. <laughs> And by the time you're out of church, I haven't had cable or DVR in decades at this point. Uh, and so by the time you're out of church and doing ministry stuff and back, the game's done. 
Mm-hmm. And so you just sort of have to sacrifice and go like, I'm just not going to see that game. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes even more fun when they're the afternoon slot or, I mean, the Browns don't really get a lot of primetime slots, but when they do, like those are fun. Uh, so I, I, I just like the NFL. It's fun and I can watch it and enjoy it. But I think I know people that literally their entire life is mm-hmm. built around it. And I just think that feels very tiring. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I try to float between I like this and I want to watch it. And when my team has a bad weekend, I don't want to let it have me make me have a bad week. That's because mm. yeah. as a Browns fan, I would have bad years. Yeah. So you uh, have to you have to kind of let that go too. Yeah. yeah. So are you still watching football now that you're in the Bay Area and you're cheering for a certain team that's in the playoffs? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think. Yeah, I think the Niners look scary. You know, I think yeah. Purdy is uh, for real. I think unreal. He is. He is a way. In my opinion, he's a way better fit for the Niners offense, even than a healthy Trey Lance. Healthy Trey Lance is still going to try and do too much with his legs, be injury prone. And after Jimmy G, I just feel like the number one asset that the Niners need is players who don't get constantly hurt. Mm -hmm. It feels like worse than any team in the league. The Niners just every year. That's why you need 27 running backs because 26 and a half of them are going to get hurt. So having a quarterback like, hey, what if we got rid of Jimmy G and put in another quarterback who's even more brittle? That feels like that was a conversation <laughs> that happened somewhere, and it does not feel like a good idea. So is Brock Purdy going to be MVP caliber player? No, but he doesn't need to be. That's yeah. not what the team needs. So uh, that's, my, that's my hot take on San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Best ability is availability. Right, right. <laughs> Heard that and CMC, the player that I thought they would have for seven seconds till he got hurt, mm. has been great. So good mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Well, speaking of surviving, mm-hmm. surviving a season, mm-hmm. segue, <laughs> surviving injuries, mm-hmm. there was someone on staff that said, if you could hang out with Bear Grylls for a day <laughs> yep. and you had to survive somewhere, it wouldn't be like what the trip was, but more so what environment do you envision that being? Is that like a desert? Mm. Is it a jungle? Is it a tropical island where you're by yourself? Mm. And but which uh, but you I'm choose? with Bear Grylls? You are, it's you and Bear Grylls oh, have to survive. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really even matter. He's no. going to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if this has ever come up in the interview process, but, uh, I did boy scouts when I was young. I'm an Eagle scout. I did this thing called venturing and I'm a ranger in that, which are like the, like top tiers or whatever, like super, I was super involved. Cool. And then I was on a staff in the Adirondack mountains for a couple of years on a mountain bike staff. And part of that was like wilderness survival stuff in wooded areas where you got left sometimes for days. Um, And so that would probably be the most comfortable. Like I would at least have a frame of reference. What seems fun would be like a desert island because you're on an island and Bear Grylls is going to be like, I made you a steak. And you're like, how did you do that? Like, oh, don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, So if Bear Grylls is with me, probably desert island. Okay. If I'm doing it by myself, the mountains somewhere, preferably the Adirondack Mountains where I know some of the terrain. So, Mm. yeah. Well, yeah, desert island because then you get the view too. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you're just hanging out on the beach. Yeah. Hey Bear, are you? Can you make me a steak? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Are there any beverages available? Like what? What do you have? Going <laughs> He's like, on? I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That well, show's still on. I think it's on like Discovery or he has a new, Plus like, or something like that. Yeah. to it or something. There, well, and I think that's one of those ones on Netflix that's like interactive. Oh. I, th- I think that's a thing where you can do like Bear Grylls and then it's like select your own adventure. Kind oh, of thing. So, cool. I think that's right. There was one with like celebrities too at one point. Nice. You brought like celebrities oh, yeah. on. Yeah, Feels that like sweet. that would go very poorly. Yeah. Probably be hilarious. Yeah. I think he did one with Will Ferrell. I think so. Yes. Yeah. 
That's which good. would be amazing. That's would funny. Be amazing. Yeah. Well, shout out to San Mateo County Search and Rescue. I volunteer off and on with them. Whoa, whoa, low key. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, I don't know if anyone listened to this nor attend oh, our I'm church, sure. but they probably listen. If in, you get lost, get sponsored. they will come and find you. That's, That's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. All right. Here's a question I think we all should answer. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? So we had some friends, we have some friends who live in Colorado and they are, did we talk about this? They love karaoke. Mm -mm. Like they love karaoke. They go every week to this karaoke spot. And so we would go meet them. And what's weird, right, is that even in a smaller town and stuff, uh, if I stood up and did like karaoke, somebody's going to pull their phone out. Like it's going to be a stupid thing. (laughs) And so it's a pretty narrow world that i'm just gonna go up there and do karaoke um but they are so into it that the karaoke dj who does that specific bar once a week they hired him to come to their house nice and they did like a karaoke thing in just the craziest backyard you've ever seen uh and so because of that i could do it there because it was like a little hang with family and stuff uh and so that I sang a song for Alyssa when we were dating, I think. I think we were dating. Uh, by Rascal Flats called Bless the Broken Road. Nice. Yeah. And so that's like a easy, like I know that song and stuff and I know that she likes it. So that's a song I can kind of lean into. Uh, I also did a bunch of musical theater when I was younger. So I, I know a bunch of those songs. So uh, yeah, not, uh, not often, but that's probably my mm. go-to song. So with Rascal Flats, did you try to match his voice? And his pitch and his nasal. Uh, I, <laughs> I did, love I Roscoe Flats. I could see the gestures. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the video podcast with. coming soon. Um, I didn't, yeah, I don't, I don't try to match kind of his nasal tone, but I do, I mean, I, I think like pitch and tone, I can, yeah. I can hit the same notes. Nice. Yeah. nice. Do you have a go-to song? I just got a new one, actually. Yes. My, down in uh, Campbell, they, uh, there's a bar that does Where is Campbell? Like, down in San Jose, like Perfect. North San Jose, kind I, of. Yeah, sorry. I don't, I don't know these things. So, um, this bar does like different theme nights almost every night, and my friend lives really close, so she's like a regular there, and she invites us. So Sunday nights is karaoke, and we went, and I did "What's Up" by Four Non Blondes. It's like '90s song, yeah. and I like crushed it, honestly. And Thank I you. was very proud of myself, and I was like, nice. "Wow, this is a good song for me." So that's my new love answer. It. That's good. I, <laughs> I like love it. it. Mark? Um, my mom got Missy a karaoke machine yes. for Christmas. Seriously? I and love this. So we have just I'll get home from work and Missy will beat me home on the couch, karaoke machine, just singing something. She if you a, knew Missy, yeah. this is not surprising fantastic. whatsoever. She has yeah. a fantastic voice as well. I of do not she does. like I can kind of sing. I can fake like I can sing, but mm-hmm. not really. And so Usually, I just try to hide behind her voice with, with whatever <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. singing. Background vocals. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I did take on me the other night just to see if Ooh, I could. Okay. And it kind of worked. All right. I feel like I could, I could, you know, massage that a little bit. So we'll yeah. see. Nice I'm time. sure by the next time we talk about karaoke, we'll, <laughs> we'll have something worked That's out. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Is karaoke culture a big thing around here? Is that like pretty common for people? Not really. I I feel like I've struggled to find some good ones. There's a couple, uh, Rochelle Summers, who we just had on Menlo Midweek this week. uh, She got a group to go down to a place in Saratoga, Mm -hmm. which is, well, Saratoga campus. Yeah. Um, It's at the Saratoga campus? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 
They've been talking about having one at their house too. So that's fun. Now we know yeah, that yeah. that's where you'll go. Sure. Uh-huh. I think there's one in Redwood City that I've heard. So nice. it's not as big, but there's a lot of the like private rooms that you can get. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind we do that with the kids. Thing. Yeah. Maisie's huge into musical theater, so for nice. her, it's yeah, big deal. That's my so preferred fun. method. I don't know. I could maybe count maybe one or two times where I sang karaoke in the traditional like at a bar where mm. they're strangers, but. Living in Japan, it was just like every, I don't know, two, oh, yeah. every other Friday, we'd go get a karaoke room somewhere, and yeah, it was just yeah. so yeah. fun after work. Yeah. Um, so that's my preferred method of karaoke. <laughs> and this was a question that came in through text. So thanks for those that are texting in. Um, what is your favorite philanthropic effort? Oh, that's cool. And it was <laughs> spelled with the fill. Yeah, is, yeah. With the PH. Very, that is very clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in general, we've learned a lot about, especially in church world, like we've learned a lot about what best practices around, um, compassion around the world looks like, right? So toxic charity when helping her, it's like, there's, Mm. there's been some really good frameworks that have been added to say, what does it look like to empower nationals that literally this is their community? Mm. So I would say in general, uh, partnerships that I appreciate the most uh, are those that really prioritize that. So, what mm-hmm. are what are the hands up that that they need to be successful? Uh, that especially kind of Westerners, we're not necessarily trying to go in as the as the great savior of a particular community, but we're setting people up who have been there and are going to be there to be really successful. Uh, so, I think you can look at some great water programs that do that. I think you can look at some uh, education programs. We were partnered up. Um, with a uh, AIDS orphanage in Africa when I was in Colorado. Uh, it was like a main international partner for us called All Kids Can Learn. Um, and it was exactly that. Like, how do we, how do we build infrastructure? How do mm-hmm. we raise up people that literally this is where they were born because they're going to carry it forward? And the folks that started it really are almost all remote now. Like, they're mm-hmm. just trying to pour in resources and investment. So, I think that's a great, uh, I think that's a great development in our moment and that those things will be much more long-term sustainable. You know, you hear all these funny stories about Western missionaries that will walk in and be like, Hey, you know, we got to, man, all these people don't have toilets. We got to get all of them toilets, right? (laughs) Like that's not even, Mm -hmm. it's not even a need, right? Mm -hmm. But you go, Hey, what is the, what is the thing that if you asked people and cared to know them, what's the thing that would be most helpful? And transform i think you know the prayer is that in developing nations they're able to take significant steps forward because of it yeah do you you don't have to know this jess but do you know how many partners that we have for for missions now locally and globally menlo.church slash missions and outreach yeah i don't unfortunately a lot a lot Uh, one of my favorite partnerships that we have at menlo is with hope unlimited for children Mm -hmm. they're based in brazil and when when I was with working with the Sanctuary College Young Adults Ministry at Menlo, we took a trip down in maybe 2018, and it was amazing. Menlo's been with this organization since they kind of started, and we got to see the whole history of that mm. um, and just the amazing work that they're doing down there in Brazil with helping kids, foster kids, um, under-resourced, underprivileged children like get, get education, get a safe place mm-hmm. to sleep at night and be a kid oh it was so fun so i feel like they're doing it the right way as well phil that's cool that's good yeah and so last week you asked us a question i sure did and that question 
was something along the lines of from an online seat, how can we see online and in-person working together? And if we could have uh, a choice to inform some of the decisions or some of the stuff, the programming that goes into in-person things on Sundays, um, what would that look like? What would that be? And so this is something that we've thought a lot about, especially since um, when we were in COVID and it was just online ministry, we were we use kind of the tagline like online church exists to bridge the gap between like in person and you basically like that's what that's that's our goal um and then since then with a now hybrid ish model or more so in person focused um we're taking the approach of bridging the gap from sunday to sunday and so if there is some integration between the things that that we can do throughout the week and have it not be a, a marker on Sunday and Sunday, and there's just some stops in between there. But instead, if this was a process and there are opportunities to grow, learn, disciple every day of the week, and Sunday was just one of those days. It wasn't the day, it was just a day. I feel like that's working through that lens could shape and change what we offer on Sundays, what that would look like, what that experience would be, and how that would push people towards action, not necessarily come back next Sunday and find out, but hey, tomorrow or this next day, we got this thing going on, make sure you head there. So that's kind of where my brain went mm-hmm. with it. I like it. Yeah. That's yeah. A good answer. Yeah. Same. Same? Yeah. <laughs> Same. Jess doesn't have a lot of time to think about this anymore. I yeah. mean, she is the best, I don't know, professional online volunteer. Is that what it'd be? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but you are, are managing all of the things with projects. So not, not necessarily yeah. online stuff. Yeah. But Well, Phil, thanks so much. Do you have a question for us to think about for this coming week? Uh, I think you and I are going to sit down with somebody. Did you see that email oh, from that me? Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, you and I are going to sit down with somebody in the next however long. And talk about the possibility of a virtual reality Menlo Church campus, uh, which I think is interesting. Like, I think culture is still deciding if it likes virtual reality, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, Meta is going all in on virtual reality, and it may sink them as a company. But if they're right, it's going to save them as a company. Mm. So it's a very interesting case study. Mm. Uh, I think some of it is that the hardware is a little awkward, but the concept, if you've ever experienced it, is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd just be curious. Obviously, this could be for next time, but. W- what is you know online is one thing but then a subset like virtual reality Mm -hmm. i think trying to think through how does that play into this online strategy and Mm -hmm. then uh, i think that something that's going to become very common maybe not in a year two years but in the next five to ten years i think most people are going to have some experience of augmented reality Yeah. yeah and so understanding what does it look like in a world where Let's say anybody in in our community, probably anybody 60 or under, walks in with a pair of glasses on that look like totally normal glasses. Mm -hmm. And right now they have to pick up their phone to check and see if they agree with what you're saying Mm -hmm. or to post to social media or to learn about something. Um, But incorporating incorporating real life, essentially digital experiences in an augmented reality way in a Mm -hmm. service, I think is Mm going to become something we need to think about. Absolutely. Anyway. I totally agree. Yeah. These are all fringe thoughts that I've had that I'm so glad there's someone else that's nerdy like me on, <laughs> on campus that mm-hmm. we can talk about this with. So I'm excited. Cool. And again, if you want to ask Phil anything, literally anything, or any fun Phil puns, please send those in. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, you can text. Philanthropy was good. Philanthropy yeah. was good. That was clever. Yeah. 650-600-0402. Again, treat this as your time with Phil. We're here to mm-hmm. pass on your questions. 
Uh, thanks so much, Phil. Yeah, this is super fun. Are we yeah, gonna, yeah. We're not going to have an episode next week. So we're week, skipping right? next week, yeah. but we have a special surprise for the weekend after, which is Phil's wife is going to be here and join us. That's right. So, if you have specific questions yes, you want to ask yes, Alyssa, please, please do yes, that. Yes, yes. About Phil, oh, sure. or just or separately just about, her. about yeah. her, because we want to get to know her as <laughs> yeah, well. She's Send those so in as well. much cooler than me. It's <laughs> great. I feel this, the same way. This, this, like two weeks from now, it's going to be the last time that I remember on this, <laughs> and then it's going to be like, ah, oh, we listen to Phil on the weekend sometimes, but then for podcasts, you guys are really tuning in for Alyssa. That's now the way it's, it's awesome. Be. Listening with Alyssa. Mm. Now I'll come up with something better. Pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. See ya. See ya.